You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Matt Fryer moves tight end out to the left, three receiver stack left. Jalen Warren in the backfield. Snap to pick it. Pocket holds. Dances. Now Crosby. Scotty Warren on the shoulders. And his teammates come for help back at the 38. It took a while, but Crosby got there. Secondary held up. And he's got his second sack of the season. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. Brought to you, of course, by the Jewelers of Las Vegas and my folks, Mordecai and company. Definitely appreciate them. We'll let you know about them later on in the show. Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate. Of course, the Review Journal just sent over Jermaine and Luminor from the Raiders locker room. So we'll hear from the starting right tackle for the Silver and Black throughout the course of the show. And uh, he might send another player or two over. So we'll definitely keep our head on a swivel and look out for that. We definitely appreciate Vinny and his efforts. And, of course, he'll join the show uh, here tomorrow at some point as well. So a uh, lot to get to, man. We're having a lot of fun here. Of course, we're uh, turning the page and starting to talk about the upcoming game which is the LA Chargers you got to put that Sunday night loss behind behind you and just focus on what's ahead of you and up next is week four action with the LA Chargers I threw the question out there who is that vocal in your face leader on offense for the silver and black and a lot of people have responded that not necessarily Colton Miller but they'd like it to be Colton Miller right because he's just that that guy he's that dude he's been that long star that long stay there at that left tackle position along that offensive line well Head coach Josh McDaniels actually asked, was asked about Colton Miller and his leadership style and what he provides to the offensive line. Here he is. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. He'll, he'll get it in just a second. My man Ari is uh, trying to effort it. That's cool. Go back to the text real quick from Brad in Concord who said, I think, too, that logically it'd be J.J. It just seems that the offensive line has flip-flopped and rotated players. There's no real solid piece other than Colton. But he hasn't shown that style. I'd like to see Colton talking around the huddle like Lincoln Kennedy would be doing. But can that be learned? Haven't seen it since incognito. So uh, now we'll take two. Head coach Josh McDaniels was asked about Colton Miller's leadership style and what he provides to the offensive line. Consistent, um, tough, um, you know, really approaches his job the right way, wants to do it the right way, um, asks good questions, practices hard, um, you know, he, he doesn't, you don't, you don't, sometimes you don't hear him a lot because he's just kind of a softer spoken guy in that regard. But when you watch him play, there's a different aggression to him. Um, um, and, and again, just, it's just consistent, you know, a consistent performance. You know, he's been out there every day, just, you know, working at his craft, working at his craft, uh, puts out a really, a really good product and, and does his job at a really high level. And, um, I think there's a lot of people that see that and try to emulate that with their with their own day. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Colton Miller and his leadership style, and you hear what he said. You don't always hear him. He's kind of soft-spoken, but he leads with his play, which is great. Again, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. You have to be who you are. I would never encourage someone to go out there and be who they're not, right, because it comes off fake, it comes off unauthentic, and nobody's going to follow someone that they think is fake, right? And nobody's going to get fired up when they think that this dude's just doing it because he thinks he has to. So I'm not going to sit there and encourage someone to be who they're not, but I, I will encourage the Raiders to find someone who could be that guy. And if there is that guy on the team, I'd love for him to stand, stand up and make a statement, right? You know, uh, 
What did, what did Eminem say back in the day? Well, with the real Slim Shady, please stand up. Please stand up. I'd love to hear that vocal leader on the Raiders' offensive side of things stand up and say something. Here I am. Here I go. Let me, let me do what I do. I think, and again, it's just me, that's what I think they need. What it says you, 702-365-9200. Mitch in New Jersey, you're up first. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How's it going, Q? I'm good, man. man I you? wish I could, I could work at home. Good. Wish I could <laughs> work at home like just like you. But anyway, <laughs> I won't have a job. I won't have a job the next day. I heard that. Uh, so, what's up, man? They gotta get. They have to get their packages. Almost done here. Um, how about Michael Renfro? And he kind of reminds me of Woody Harrison, you know, from that <laughs> movie Wesley Snipes. <laughs> For some reason, uh, and, you know, he's a pretty good wide receiver. Gets the job done. But yeah. I tell you, if they don't beat the Chargers. I mean, I can only think of two teams that are worse than the Rays right now. And it's not, it's not Arizona. You got to say uh, Denver and the Bay. We can almost be in the Caleb, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and I, we, I think we had this conversation before. But um, if they're not going to make the playoffs, if he's got a concussion, I want to see, and if Jimmy's not going to play, which I think is a good chance he won't play, I want to see Aiden O'Connell. I don't want to see him. Okay. Come on. Okay. All right. Hey, th- thanks for the call, Mitch. Pre- appreciate you, brother. Uh, yeah, get them packages delivered safely, man. Definitely appreciate you, though. And, look, again, it would be great if Hunter Renfro could be that vocal guy, but Hunter Renfro can't even get the ball. <laughs> Hunter Renfro can't even get targets, and he's been open. Let's make no mistakes about it. He's been open. He, he can't even get on the same page with Jimmy to get targets. He sure can't be the guy that's out there being the vocal leader. And that's not his style either. He's not that loud vocal dude, right? I think he's a hell of a player. I'd love to see him get involved. But unfortunately, he can't even get targets right now. So he sure ain't going to be the rah-rah guy. At least Josh Jacobs, even though it hasn't been successful yet, at least he's getting carries. Raider X, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, now. Um, you know, talking about a vocal leader on the offensive side, I don't think, that, I don't think there is one right now. Yeah, I'm going to be that Debbie Downer. I don't think there is one. I would think that, you know, uh, Brandon Bolden was coming in there for his skins on the wall and that he could provide that, you know, that nexus to the championships and give, show him about the rings and give him that, you know, that talk. Uh, I don't think, you know, Jimmy's a cool dude, and I think he gets him a little fired up, but he's not that rah-rah guy until, him, you know, get in their face and, and put him to the next level. Right. You know, you do have some guys with some championship pedigree like, uh, you know, J.J. or even, even White, you know, from college. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to really go out there, and and it's nice that you have Colton Miller, you know, which is a true professional, and he's excelling, and he's, you know, renowned now for his, his you know, his pedigree and what he's bringing to the, you know, to the gridiron. But that only goes so far. But I'm going to kind of go into a different direction. I, I really believe that, you know, um, we're, as human beings, we, we take on the, on the persona of our leader. And I've been saying this for a bit now, and, and – and you listen, just into that little excerpt you just talked about, Colton Miller. I'm sorry, but Josh McDaniels puts me to sleep. Um, I just don't see the fire. I mean, you look at Tomlin. You know, you look at even going back to, to Gruden or, or Del Rio or individuals like that. You see the fire. I mean, shit. Look, excuse me. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you, look, you look at, you know, going over to Sean Payton. Look at all of a sudden they took on that headgate, you know, and sitting there, you know, blasting people. Uh, they're, they're taking on the persona. And, you know, it just, I, it just seems that this team is coming out with a, with, you know, because they're all professionals and they take a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride in their game and they're coming out on fire, but all of a sudden they lose that air. And I think that no one's feeding that fire. 
and they, they just kind of go flat. They go real flat and really quick, and they lose focus because it looks like they have to dive internally to self-motivate, and there's no one sitting there pushing that buttons. And I think the only one out there that you see actually looking at the game or being at the game is, you know, uh, what is this, uh, Anthony, the guy that came, the, the linebacker coach that came from Arizona? Yeah. You know, guys, he's, he's on fire. Right. He's pushing Antonio Pierce, you know, you yeah. Would even, yeah, you would even think that, you know, before uh, PG went upstairs, he'd be on fire. No, you don't see it. And I think there's another guy that's um, that's part of the secondary coach. You can see the energy, and the guys are feeding off of it. And they, they're looking for that. And you don't see Josh McDaniels with any fire. I'm sorry, and I'm not, you know, I, I want to be, I, I, obviously, I like his X's and O's. I really still do believe in it. But without, you know, the overall gas in the engine, there is no engine. And I think that there is no fuel right now. There is no fuel. And that's why I think that slowly, slowly, we're kind of going into dismal. And if we lose against this Charger, you know, gosh, I, I can't even think of, you know, how, how, how sad it's going to get. And I, I hate to disagree with the notion of, you know, putting in their warrior. And I understand, you know, because you don't want to send the wrong message. But what do we got to lose? Oyer didn't come in to, to sit there and to, and to be the future of this, this, this franchise. You know, obviously it's Jimmy G. And we, they drafted. They drafted O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Let's put him in there for, you know, for a game. And if he doesn't do good, at least we know. He's a rookie. You know, is, and he's picked in the late let, round. Let me ask you this real quick. Hold on. Don't go nowhere. Let me ask you this. If you put him in for one game, is that enough sample size to really understand who he is? Great question. Yes and no. I say yes because we know that, you know what, there's some potential and we need to work on some things. Obviously, he's not, his mind is not going to be sharp, um, you know, uh, or because he hasn't been at that speed. Uh, you know, we talk about the transition to the NFL and the speed of the game. And, yeah, and, you know, the Chargers are no slouches, especially going over there, you know, with their head coach. You know, they're going to they're gonna, do some trickery on them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can also see, hey, you know what, there is something there, you know, and, and that's good enough because it's still Jimmy G's team. You know, until it gets taken. It's, it's like it's like a, a championship boxer. you got to knock him out. And, you know, I think, you know, if he gets, gets ready, then you bring him right back. But at least we know what we got in that cupboard. If we say, hey, you know what? No, this kid ain't got it. It was a fluke. It was all a fluke during preseason. You know, we do need to sit there and tank for Caleb or something like that. You know, we, we know. You know, right. it's, it's, it's a reality. But if you see little flashes and, okay, you know, I mean, look at what we saw with Stidham. We say, right. hey, you know what? He, he's got something. But right. obviously, you know, the next game, they said, oh, we got a little tape on you. And then they started sitting there scheming. And they did, and then we saw the true thing, you know, that came out. Obviously, I think that he would have been a, been a nice investment. I think that they screwed up by not, you know, pushing the envelope with him. It would have been nice to see him in there. I think we would have got more out of him than Jimmy G. But, uh, you know, that's hindsight. Right. All right. Well, th- thank you for the call. And, and what you just said about Jared Stidham is the reason why I don't think one game is enough. Right, because he looked good against San Francisco in a very short short amount of, of time and almost won the game. And then the next week he didn't look that good. So that was just two weeks. I think, again, just my opinion, that the, a, a rookie is going to need some time. The problem with throwing Aiden O'Connell out there right now, if you were to do that, and look, they might. Who knows? They might throw him out there. I could be completely wrong. If they throw him out there right now with a leaky offensive line and, you know, going up – against a defense that can get after the quarterback, they got multiple dudes that can get after the quarterback, are you running the risk of wrecking him before he even gets a chance to get started? I mean, think about it. And this is what I told Vinny today when we were in the, in the Intermountain Health Performance Center. We were waiting for Coach McDaniels to meet with us. He said, what do you think about starting Aiden? I said, look, 
If you're going to start Aiden, do it like this. Don't act like me when I go and try to get into a swimming pool. And what I mean by that, I just dip my toe in. Either jump your ass in or don't. It's one or the other, right? And that's how I think you should approach Aiden O'Connell. If you're going to go with Aiden O'Connell, then throw his ass in the deep end and let him go. But if you're just going to dip your toe in and see if it's cold or if it's wet, then what's the point? Not, not in week number four. Your team is one and two. They're in second place in the AFC West. You win this game, you're two and two, and you have two AFC West victories. I think it's too early to just dump a guy into the deep end and say, go ahead, sink or swim. How about you see what you got? Hopefully, and this is my opinion, I hope Jimmy's actually available to come back. That's, what I, that's, that's my plan A, is that Jimmy is able to come back and play on Sunday. I think, again, he gives you the best opportunity to win. There's 17 games in 18 weeks. There is plenty of time. You can't tell me you can't get a good sample size of what Aiden O'Connell looks like for four. What if you give him four games at the end of the season? Once the Raiders are, are in a position where, okay, they're not going to make a run. That was a pipe dream. What would be the harm in waiting? Is it going to change anything? He's still going to get experience. You're still going to learn what the guy could do. Is that going to change anything if you do it in week four or you do it in week 14? I don't think so. I think that you could commit to him in week 14. All right. All right, Rook. You got the last four games of the season. Go for it. Sink or swim. See what you got. That, to me, I think is more fair for a rookie. You ask what you have to lose. If you start him in week four, maybe Devontae. Maybe others. Maybe players that are pissed because they want to try to win, not try to see what the rookies got. Right? I mean, put yourself in Devontae's shoes. You want to see what you got with the rookie, or you want to you want to go out there with the guy who you thought was brought to your team to help you win games? Just being in the locker room listening to Devontae, I think he wants to go out and win right now. He doesn't want to see what you got, in my opinion. Just my opinion. But good call, and it's really good, good you know, back and forth, I think. Let's get a couple more quick calls in. Uh, how about Houston from L.A.? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Big Q? Chilling, man, chilling. That's right, man. Hey, uh... Yeah, to, to to make a long short story short, man, I think that Peters was the dude that was supposed to come in and, like, you know, pump, get on everybody about it. But I don't know if he's doing it. But I would like to see Max Crosby do that, man. I mean, because he, he he's a foundation, man. You know, he he's a killer. He's a good dude in a, in a good way. But um, now, man, over to the offense, I remember – now I'm getting older, man. So I don't remember if it was if this was after the 2002 Super Bowl squad or not. But I remember it's Hugh Jackson, man. Hugh Jackson has some regular offensive pieces, but the way that cat ran his offense, man, I don't think I've ever seen an offense like it since Hugh Jackson. And 2002 was nice too, of course. And then 83 Marcus Allen. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> with that. But 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 like. Hugh Jackson, man, and, and, and that sticks out to me. And then, if I'm mistaken, dude, I think we had, like, Jason Campbell. Oh, man, yep. Campbell, he's real mid, and Campbell was throwing at the rock, though. And yeah. it was it was a gang average. He made regular offensive pieces look beautiful, man. I'm talking the formation, uh, the, 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 the uh, pre-line uh, switch, you know, the motions, everything. Yeah. Hugh Jack, man, he, he, he was nice. It's just, you know, he got a little big-headed. But, you know. 
Yeah. That's all I want to say, Q, man. You know, I'm I'm depressed, bro, but <laughs> at the same time, man, we're we going to get up out of this, man. And it's going to be starting right here in L.A., my city. I'm trying to get tickets from my homie who's got season sweets, but all of a sudden, he, you know, he don't want to talk. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get that. <laughs> I heard that. Hey, man, thanks for the call. Really good stuff. And, you know, that's I remember those Hugh Jackson teams. And, yeah, he did have, you know, obviously other issues uh, that had to be dealt with, and he did get a little big-headed. But I say that all the time, man. You bring up a great point. That dude, he made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, right? I mean, some of those cats that he was out there overachieving with, he was doing exactly that. Like, he had some damn good play designs. He made He got the most out of everybody offensively. I had to give him a ton of credit. And a lot of that went back to – Asking guys like McFadden, guys like Denarius Moore, guys like Rod Streeter, guys like, you know what I mean? Guys like that, that that really never, Jacoby Ford, never went on to do anything else after they left the Raiders organization. What do you do best? What do you like to do? Let me design this for you. And he did. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a good blast from the past. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I do appreciate you. And good luck getting to the game. I'm sure you'll find a way. I would tell you to get with Gangster Raider, but I think he already sold his ticket, so I uh, apologize for that. How about quick? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Q-Ball, what it do? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, uh, you know, I really like what you were saying about ALC and taking the kid gloves off of him. My concern would be if uh, we start the kid, he does well, and then we got James G., back from concussion. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yep. I, that's why I'm such a fan of Jimmy get healthy, Jimmy get healthy, Jimmy get healthy. Because we cannot have a quarterback controversy a quarter of the way into the season. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I definitely not down for that. This team has way too many other issues going right. on to be having that be the case. As far as a vocal leader, and it's funny that, that, that Houston brought up Marcus Peters and what he was supposed to do for us. What part of that is maybe potentially this regime's, you know, kind of maybe stifling the guy or keeping him back from doing that. Maybe they want them to be, I don't know, maybe not themselves. You know, it seems like guys kind of walk around on eggshells around McDaniels, and maybe that's kind of the reason we don't have as vocal of leaders as we need to. Who needs to step up? God, we need to hear from Colton Miller more. I mean, he speaks with his play. And the same for Max. Like, I can't ask for more from Max when he already speaks with his play. Everybody else needs to bring it, all right? I'm at you later, Q-Ball. Appreciate the call, man. Hey, man, great call, great call. And, yeah, I think when I think you're on to something when it comes to this staff and what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear. I know in the locker room there's certain things that they're just not going to speak on, right? I guarantee you there are certain things in the locker room that they're not going to speak on. You can ask them all day long about a coaching decision, and they'll say, we're not, we're not the coaches. We let that go. Uh, on the field, though, is where I'm really talking about that vocal leadership. And, and I think that guys like Marcus Peters was brought in to do that. And I do think that he does it a little bit defensively. But offensively is what I'm talking about. Like, where is that vocal leader offensively? I think there's a few guys. Max gets it going uh, defensively, right? And I think Nate Hobbs brings it as well. Hell, Amik Robertson's not in the game, but Amik, you know, he, he, he does it as well. He'll, he'll talk. He'll get things going. You know, it was brought up earlier today. Jerron Harmon was that guy. I'm talking about a bunch of defensive guys. Who's that dude offensively? Right? I talked about Denzel Perryman other, earlier, another defensive guy. Who's that guy offensively, man? Who could be that spark plug? Who could be that, that guy? Look, man, hey, I could be bought. <laughs> right? I know I ain't going to do nothing on the field, but if you need someone to walk up and down the sideline and talk and be your hype, man, I got you. <laughs> right? I could be bought. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, like, I just I want to know where that dude is. Where is that guy that can, that can have that infectious personality that gets people fired up? That's what they need. That's what they need. When, when, something, when something might not be going right, 
when Jermaine Illuminor gets a false start or there's a holding penalty or, you know, the, the run game's not going, getting going, someone just jump in there and be like, hey, let's go. Let's get our blank together and let's do it, right? Who's that guy that when they're mic'd up has got to get bleeped out a couple times? Like that's, that's what I'm looking for, that extra juice. I know one guy that's got juice. How about Passionate Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q, man? Good afternoon, man. Man, I, I mean, who's that guy got to be, man? It's, it's got to be the – it needs to be the center. It needs to be the quarterback. It needs to be the running back. It needs to be the tight end, the left guard, right guard, tackle, blah, blah. It needs to be every single one of them. They, I mean, they got to want it, Q. I mean, the division's tough. It's already one and two. If they go in here on, on, on Sunday and lay an egg again, Q, I don't know how you can get this team back. And, you know, like, like the man said two calls before – Sometimes, you know, the coaches may be holding them down, you know, because when you're not allowed to play free and you're being controlled, nobody likes control in life, man. Nobody likes to be controlled and it doesn't work. So they got to learn just to, to, to do whatever is told and feed off of each other, man. Just worry about making the first play to make the next play to make the next play. Because if, Q, if we can't make the first play, we can't get nothing going. And we're having a hard time getting the first play to get going until it's too late. We haven't seen a consistent play-by-play-by-play happen. Then the first drive, game over, last drive, give it a little bit of something. These guys got to play together. They all got to step up and want it. Put the shield first before everything, gentlemen. Go into L.A., get a little bit of home field advantage. It still ain't home field, but it is home field cue. And just go in there and don't let Herbert embarrass us. The kid, he cannot embarrass us again. If we get embarrassed, Q, and ain't looking good, I don't think anyone is going to be able to get this team pumped this year. So, I don't, I, hey, I'm optimistic, Q, but I'm saying it right now. If we go in and we lose Sunday and we lose in Chicago, something's got to change. Something's got to change on October 22nd if we go 0-2 the next two weeks, Q. I'll let you later, man. Thanks for taking my call, man. Hey, good stuff. Passionate Raider there, fired up. And, yeah, I mean, look, one week at a time is how I'm approaching it. We know that there's some really bad teams in the league, but uh, the Raiders have to do their job to not be a really bad team in the league as well. And it starts this week with the Chargers, right? They want to get even up. They want to be 2-2 two and two heading into week five, but they got to worry about week four first. That's all they could do. Uh, I would love to see I, – actually, I wouldn't. A team full of everybody that's fired up like that wouldn't work, right? Again, like I said, you've got to be who you are. I'm just looking for who that guy is. I would love to be able to identify that guy. Um, Vinny just said over Andre James, so we'll hear from a couple offensive linemen uh, throughout the course of the show. We have Jermaine Alumar and Andre James from uh, the Raiders locker room, so that's really good. But I want to go back to Hardcore Raiders call real quick. We have Paloma Villacana coming up at 3.30. Hardcore called earlier when I asked the question about who's that vocal leader, who's the guy that could be that dude to get in your face on the offensive side of things. And he was talking about Josh Jacobs, but then he was also saying he felt like Josh, Josh Jacobs may not be given 100% because of the whole way that the contract situation shook out. And here's what Hardcore had to say, just in case you uh, just tuned in. My main thing that I would just like to say is that if you have a guy of that caliber that's essentially the leader and a vocal leader of your offense, and he, if he feels disrespected, well then, yeah, there might be an issue where he might not want to give 110, 120%. He's still going to give you 80, 90%. Uh, percent, but when the, organi- or, when the organization failed, in my opinion, to give him a contract, they possibly killed the morale of Josh Jacobs and him wanting to go the extra mile. And to me, that's a miss on the Raiders and extremely frustrating. And, you know, it just goes to show how valuable Josh Jacobs is and this organization should treat him as such. Great call. Again, I said it when he called originally, and I think it's still a great call. 
And I can see where he's coming from. I can see Josh Jacobs, and I don't know this to be true because I haven't asked him about it, right? I can see him or anyone else that feels slighted that says, you know what, damn it, I didn't get a long-term deal. I'm only going to give him, like Hardcore just said, 80 to 90%. Now, my pushback on that would be, and this is what I said to anyone who would listen to me in the hallways of that radio station that we're in right now, that Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. When I first arrived here in Las Vegas in 2021, people said, oh, well, this is the problem here, or this is the problem here. And I said, okay, so what does that have to do with your show? Well, I'm not motivated. I said, okay, well, this is the thing. You might not be motivated. You might not be happy with your pay. You might not be happy with your job title. You might not be happy with this, that, and the other. But when you turn on that radio, there ain't one swinging D listening to you that gives a damn about what's going on in that building. So somebody who is a random person could be listening to you and think they suck. They're not motivated. I could tell that they're not prepared. I could tell that they just ho-hummed it. So, and I'm not saying Josh is doing that, but this is my response to that call. If he feels slighted or anyone else feels slighted by their pay, their role, their captain status, whatever the case may be, and they're not going out and giving at least 100% of themselves, that's not a leader. Because a leader is not going to worry about what the organization has done to them. A leader is going to go out there and say, you know what, I play for the name in the back of my jersey and being the best Jacobs I could be, the best Adams I could be, the best Renfro I could be, the best Myers I could be, Jacoby, not me, right? The best Garoppolo I could be. If that's if you're a leader and you, you give a damn about you and what you do and what you mean and, and, and everything, like Crosby says, all the time, we hear him all the time, I, I worry, I look him in the mirror and, and challenge myself every day to be better. I have a legacy that I want to worry about. I don't get caught up in the legacy stuff, but there's something to it. If you have that juice, if you're that person, it doesn't matter what happened in contract negotiations. And this is not, like I said, not pushing back on hardcore. I'm just, I, I thought it was a great point he brought up. If that is what's going to slight you to not play at the best level that you're capable of playing, then you're not that leader that people thought you were. Straight up. And I promise you, there's multiple people in that radio station right now that I said that to. You might not be happy about this. But when you turn on that radio and you're representing you on the radio station, nobody listening. That could change your life. There are people. only reason I'm in this position is because someone turned on the radio and heard me one day and said, that's a pretty good dude. Let me find out a little bit more about him. If I had been moping or acted like I didn't care or I didn't have any energy because I'm upset with my pay, I worked for the minimum for like 10 years in Central Texas. I wasn't getting paid squat. But every time I was on the radio, I sounded like a million dollars. And finally, I got a good job. That's the difference. That's a leader. That's someone who has want to. That's someone who has give a damn. So I think that the call from Hardcore is fantastic, and I hope that that's not the attitude of anyone in that Raiders locker room. 326 at the time, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs six foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six foot trays serve 12 to 16 people so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Rejected by Wilson, and Wilson picks it up. Brings it up court herself to Chelsea Gray. Asia's third block, Chelsea to Asia, off the glass and count that bucket. Wilson with 20. It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. 
And Paloma joins us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 Sports. And you heard right there T.C. Martin on the call. Uh, Asia Wilson to Chelsea Gray, back to Asia Wilson for the bucket. And the Aces now lead in the series 2-0 as they travel to Dallas to take on the Wings, trying to close things out and punch their tickets to the final. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time as always. We do appreciate you. And, man, Asia Wilson doesn't get named for the MVP of the league, and it looked like she went out last night and had a little bit of extra edge to her. Did you see a little extra something from uh, Asia Wilson last night? No, I think I have to agree with what Becky Hammond said post game last night. She's been playing like that all season long. Um, you know, even in the off season, getting ready for the season. I mean, she was in the gym every single day. She's like that at practice. Um, I'm sure she's like that on and off the court too. You know, <laughs> um, but you know what we're witnessing here in Las Vegas, watching Asia Wilson and this historic Las Vegas Aces team. I mean. What a treat, you know, how, how incredible to take your family, to take your kids, uh, to go watch some greatness at the Michelob Ultra Arena. And Q, it's crazy to me that these playoff games are only $10. Uh, I mean, like, you can go watch an Aces game and it's cheaper than, you know, a cup of coffee nowadays. So right. um, to go watch Asia Wilson average 30 points a night um, in the in the playoffs uh, against the Wings and be as dominant as she is. Chelsea Gray said last night, like, she makes all of us look good uh, just the way she plays. Um, you know, her, her rebounding, her blocks, her offense, her defense, you know, she's, she's a complete package. So, you know, Becky Hammond will go to war against anyone who, you know, <laughs> wants to talk about her being snubbed from the MVP um, award. But, you know, Q, we know what she's going to go do. She's going to go win the playoffs MVP, and she's going to go win another championship for the city. That's what she's going to do. Right, and that's what matters, right? At the end of the day, and I heard her say that post game, like there's bigger things than an MVP trophy that she's looking at. But I did like, and you mentioned Coach Becky Hammond having her back and going to war for her. I love the fact that pregame she came in with a chart and basically was like, hey, mm-hmm. This is this is what Asia's <laughs> yeah. doing, and the only thing is, is I didn't keep her in the game super long because we were blowing teams out, so I didn't pad the stats. But Asia's been killing it. What did you think about that when Becky went in there with that chart pregame? You know, I've seen this. I've just seen the shift in the Aces when you go from Bill Lambier to Becky Hammond taking over. I mean, Becky Hammond is incredible. She's like one of the most competitive people I know. She reminds me of a, a Nick Saban, a goat, you know, and. Um, you know, she's the head coach, but she also reminds me as just as one of them, you know, a, a yeah. player, um, someone who works really hard, who will, you know, go to war for her teammates, for, you know, for her, for her players. So when she came in with a flashcard of Asia Wilson's mm-hmm. stats, um, and I, you know, shout out to Andy, um, who with the RJ who posted it, um, he, he just showed her that she wrote down all of Dewey's stats and she wrote down all of Asia's stats. Um, and that Asia took 79 more shots than Stewie this year, and that she was um, completely more dominant um, when it c- came to every category. So I think, you know, I saw on social media that she says the East Coast voters need to right. stay up and watch, um, you know, watch the Aces play on, on the West Coast time. But, you know, you're the number one team in the WNBA. You, you're breaking every single record every single night. Um, no doubt, no doubt, Asia Wilson. You know, when I when I got the notification from ESPN on my phone, 
I think every single person in the country probably stopped and said, man, like, <laughs> what? Um, well, at least here in Vegas, at least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Asia Wilson, it's incredible to watch her and just to know that she's going to come out even better on Friday. You know, she's going to come out even better the next game. Um, you know, it's it's been inspiring to cover her, to see her. Um, you know, I hope all our local kids here in Vegas get to watch her, get to see how hard she works. Um, get to kind of take on that mentality that that competitor that she is that she wants to be one of the greatest ever so um, you know I know the Lady Rebels come out to the games you know I know there's a lot of local high school players that come out to the Aces game so um, you know if you can watch her in person it is greatness it is definitely greatness well, Lil Wayne was in attendance yesterday, right, celebrating his birthday. Yeah. So that was that was pretty yeah. cool. He's been in town all weekend long. I mean, he did the award show, then he did the Raiders game mm-hmm. at Allegiant, and now he's at uh, he's mm-hmm. at the Aces game. So as far as the Aces playing, again, they're up 2-0 mm-hmm. in this series against the Wings. Yeah. They're trying to close things out on Friday. How important will it be for them to get this dub and get a little bit of rest as Connecticut and New York are, are knotted up at one right now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's huge. I think obviously playing on the road is 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 tough for sure. I think the Aces, you know, they only had one home loss this season, so that means you know the five the five others were on the road. So um, playing on the road is tough. Getting a playoff win on the road is tough. Um, but uh, they they looked dominant yesterday against the Dallas Wings. They've looked dominant this whole series against the mm-hmm. Dallas Wings, um, and a, a, a huge part of that is Asia Wilson. But um, you know, the Wings are going to make corrections, too. They're going to oh, yeah. come out come out fighting, too. But to me, it comes down to the fourth quarter with the Aces, and I've said this all season long, um, because the game can, can get close in the fourth quarter. Um, and it comes down to their rebounding, taking care of the defensive end of the court, um, and, and really just locking down on defense in the fourth quarter. Because we've all seen the Aces build a 20, 25-point lead, um, but they can't get too comfortable or, or, you know, too satisfied out there. Um, but when it comes to Asia Wilson and Chelsea Green, Kelsey Plum, man, they're always fighting, fighting super hard. And then you got Alicia Clark, sixth player of the year, coming off the bench. Um, so, you know, Q, we talked about, you know, Candace Parker maybe coming back for the playoffs, but the way the Aces are playing, they're doing just fine without her. They've done fine without her all season. But um, another big road game this Friday in Dallas, the Aces definitely got to bring it on the road. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You mentioned Alicia Clark. I got a chance to talk to her on my ESPN yes. show on game night just the other night, uh, coming off the heels of winning that sixth player of the of the year award. Mm-hmm. How big is that that it seems like she's really starting to get hot and really click at the right time when they need her the most in this playoff run? I think she's always brought that veteran presence, um, you know, that confidence to the court. Um, she's hit a lot of big threes for, for the Aces this season. Um, two-time WNBA champion, you know, about to be a three-time WNBA champion. <laughs> um, you know, she's just brought that veteran experience. And, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure she's only gotten better this season with Chelsea Gray, with Asia Wilson, with Kelsey Plum. Um, and that goes for anyone, you know, who's new to the Aces this year. When you're on the court with them, um, you know, you're playing with the best athletes in the world. You can only get better down the stretch. And that's what we saw all season, only her getting better as the season went on and, you know, more playing time for her and um, for her to come up clutch. I, I'm not sure if she played too much last night, but if they right. need her, man, she's a bucket. She's yeah. a bucket. And just to have that veteran experience, um, for sure, big, big honor for her to be sixth woman of the year. And I think we said to you, 
it just says a lot about Becky Hammond. You know, right. you know, we had Kelsey Plum, Derrica Hamby, and now Alicia Clark is, is sixth player of the year. So um, no doubt when you are on this Aces team, Becky Hammond is about to make you um, an elite basketball player and, and get the best out of you every single night. Well, and the other thing about this is, and this is what she told me on the show, was the fact that I'm not used to coming off the bench. I'm not used to being a sixth player, but mm-hmm. for this team, I'm willing to do that. And, and Paloma, you know how yeah. talented this team is. There's people that will sacrifice their playing time to be a part of the Aces mm-hmm. because they're that good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, Becky Hammond, any of her assistant coaches give you a call, you you answer that phone <laughs> call. You move to Vegas and you got to do what you got to do uh, to get here in Vegas. And um, talking to Kevin Kruger, you know, the head coach of the Running Rebels, um, you know, he says he feels that energy too. And, you know, Las Vegas has become a winning winning town when it comes to basketball, when it comes to Lady Rebels. And when it comes to the Aces and the Running Rebels have their history, too. So no doubt Becky Hammond has kind of blazed this new trail, um, not for just the pros, but for the collegiate level, too, to go out and win championships. And that's kind of the expectation now in Vegas. If you are, you know, a professional athlete, a collegiate athlete, even the prep, prep level here, you know, you're expected to win championships here in Las Vegas. And as the city grows, um, you know, more eyes are, are on the W, more eyes are on the Lady Rebels, on the Running Rebels. So what Becky Hammond has started um, is something amazing in this city. And we just saw the Golden Knights win a championship. Um, and Barry Odom talks about winning a championship. So um, no doubt there's a winning energy in Vegas right now. Well, I'll tell you, and flipping over to UNLV and what Coach Odom is doing, you were out in El Paso at UTEP, and, and the the yeah. Rebels went out there and got that victory. First of all, how awesome is the Sun Bowl? I mean, that stadium right there yeah. just planted in the mountains. How great is that setting? Uh-huh. Oh, El Paso was beautiful. I mean, driving onto campus, um, the stadium is in the middle of the mountains. Um, it, it almost looks like they kind of just blew up a mountain and put a stadium <laughs> yeah. inside it. It's so cool. <laughs> Um, you know, definitely a lot of rich history there. I think UNLV hadn't played there in 30 years. Um, so for Barry Odom to, to take his guys out there and, um, you know, not the most perfect game. I think they had 10 penalties um, on the night against the Miners. But um, for them to, you know, close out the game 45-28. Q, it's crazy that UNLV is scoring close to 50 points a game this season. Right. Um, you know, it's been so exciting to watch this offense. It's so different um, with Coach Marion's go-go offense. It's so explosive. You never know what they're going to do. They're going to have two, three running backs out there. Like, it's just crazy. And I know I heard from uh, the defensive players all fall camp. Uh, The DBs and the linebackers were like, man, this offense is tough. It's tough to defend. Good luck to whoever we're playing. Um, It's tricky. Uh, So, you know, it's been a lot of fun on the red zone breaking down these games because there's so many highlights. On offense, there's so many highlights on defense and takeaways. Um, their special teams are, are playing really well, too. So it's like, man, there's so many nuggets on this team um, to break down on the rev zone. And, you know, I'm going through film, and it's taking me like three <laughs> hours to go over all these interceptions, sacks, um, you know, on special teams. You know, they UTEP, I think, fumbled one of their punts. UNLV recovers, and they go score a, a touchdown the next play. So it's like, man, there's been so much – um, so much good we're seeing on, on in all three phases for UNLV. So I know Rebels fans have been really pumped up this season to to watch the Rebels, and that's what Barrett, that's Barry Odom's goal. 
is to make Allegiant Stadium a home field advantage. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt. And again, they're they're playing some really good ball. They've got three wins. They're halfway to bowl eligibility already. Yeah. So this uh, upcoming Saturday, they're going to be hosting Hawaii, and that's obviously the the battle for the Golden Pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is this game for for UNLV? And what do you, what's the quarterback situation looking like? Uh, Brunfield and Maeva, how are they looking? Yeah, they're both listed as starters on the depth chart for this year's for this week's game. Um, Brumfield's still dealing with some some ribs, soreness in his his ribs and hip area. Um, from what I've seen, he's been at practice, so that's a step forward. Um, I think he's just day to day with the Rebels. Really, I think Barry Odom was saying um, that you know they're just taking it slow with him. He is at practice, you know, running around. Um, but Mayava continues to take snaps with the ones. Mayava looks like he's um, in control this week, so we could see. Um, maybe him and Doug Brumfield's, uh, you know, split reps in the Hawaii game. But my prediction is that Mayava starts this game again, which would be great because he was born in Hawaii, born in Oahu, yeah. um, has a lot of family from Hawaii, and, and we know the Ninth Island, this, this is a rivalry game. Yeah. Um, but to, talking to these guys, talking to the Rebels, um, you know, they're so locked in, they're so focused, and there's just a lot of maturity on this football team too. I mean, these guys – are really taking each game as, you know, a must-win game. We want to go to a bowl game. Um, I've heard that all year long, that they want to win the Mountain West Championship. Um, And it just seems like this entire football team is on the same page, working towards one mission to go win the next game. Um, And then after the Hawaii game, they have a bye, and then it's it's the Cannon game. So it would be huge for them to beat Hawaii on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium and then head into the Cannon game uh, on a three-game win streak. So... Um, there's there's a lot of guys working really hard at UNLV right now, and you know it's been it's been amazing to see um, the transformation on this football program. Well, there's some juice. I know there's some juice. I've heard plenty of people say, "Hey, man, I'm going out to the game on <laughs> yeah. Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. The Golden Pineapple yeah. want to win that, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think Allegiant's going to be popping. So uh, yeah. th- there you go. There's that. Well, Paloma, what's coming up on the Red Zone that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, just once again highlighting UNLV football. Barry Odom has been awesome in studio really uh he's so smart i mean i'm learning so much about the game you know than i ever have in my life he is incredible uh super smart got an elite coaching staff so we're continuing to highlight his football staff his football players the captains on his team um and and get ready for cannon week really on the road in reno that'll be their next game and uh we'll be super excited to talk about that and uh, the Running Rebels held their first practice today. They've got seven new guys on their team, um, three local guys from Las Vegas that um, are hungry to win a championship. And I, I keep hearing this every single day at work. He was like, every team here in Vegas wants to win a championship. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a hunger in this city right now with the Super Bowl coming into town and Formula One happening here in Vegas. It's like every player I interview, their eyes are just so locked in and hungry to win a championship. So super excited for the Run and Rebel season, the Lady Rebel season to start soon uh, in November. So uh, there's a lot going on in this town, yeah. Q, and it's, it's exciting. It's definitely yeah. exciting. No, there's plenty going on. You stay very busy covering everything that you're covering like a glove. You do a fantastic job at it. Uh, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you as always. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Q. See ya. 
All right, see you. There she goes. Paloma Villacana, fantastic job. Fox 5 Sports covering everything. Aces, UNLV, you name it, right? The Running Rebels are coming back. The Lady Rebels are coming back. Uh, it's a good time to have a good time. There is, like she said, there is so much going on from F1. I don't even recognize the strip anymore. There's so much going on on, on the strip when it has to do with F1. I don't even recognize it. Ari, I got I, – I got, Sucked into that trap the other day on accident. Yeah, exactly. I got <laughs> I got sucked into that on accident. My buddy uh, uh, Mark Martenzi, he came in from uh, from out of town from the East Coast. He, he works for ESPN, and he was in town. So we went to the, the front yard there at Ellis Island, and uh, he was staying at the Wynn. So I was like, hey, man, you ain't got to take no Uber. I'll take you to the spot real quick. You know, trying to be a nice guy. No man. I was stuck on that damn strip forever. I couldn't get out of there, man. I'm I'm up here sending videos to the wife. I'm like, look, wife, this is where I'm stuck. I can't even move. I'm stuck on the damn strip. And I'm looking, and I'm like, look, look at the side. Look at the sidewalk. Look at all the construction. Look at everything going on. I'll tell you, if you ain't got to go down to the strip, don't go down to the strip. That's all I'm saying. F1 is taking over the city of Las Vegas. 3.47 is the time we'll come back. Get to your calls. Charlie, I see you. We'll definitely get to you. Plus, we'll go inside the Raiders locker room as we close out hour number two of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. 3.52 is the time. We got Ted Wynn from The Athletic joining us at the top of the hour. Do a little film study when it comes to all things silver and black. We'll also hear from Andre James and Jermaine Illuminor inside the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor sent that over to us. We threw the question out there. Who's that vocal in-your-face leader on the offense for the silver and black? Big Dub Raiders said, afternoon, fellas. From the offseason talk from the players, it should be Jimmy G. He's a dog. Their words, not mine. In my opinion, we don't have a vocal leader on offense. Go Raiders. That's Big Dub Raider. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Thanks for the text. Let's go out to Charlie. Charlie, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yes, good afternoon, sir. Q Myers, love you. You do a fantastic job. The whole Raider Nation radio team is fantastic, from T.J. LeBrick, Vinny, Henry, Louis, all of you team are just fantastic. But Appreciate the reason it. I was calling is your area of what you were talking about, who is that vocal leader in the clubhouse and who can be. I was looking at the history of the Raiders, and I said to myself, what did the Raiders' past success and their coaches uh, become or what did they do to motivate their team? Mm-hmm. We know our current uh, coach, he's a little low key, analytical. He's been successful for many years. Yeah, he made maybe a mistake yesterday, re- reference to our past game, but he's made positive uh, also calls in the past. But I said to myself, in, in the past, we had a number of coaches that were very successful. Why? One, some of them were very loud, Mr. Madden. Some were low-key, like uh, Tom Flores. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about our good coach now? He needs somebody to prep these people up. And he, he needs to some. He's not a loud voice. And you are a man who looks at uh, people's uh, ways of thinking and looking and how they act out there. And perhaps our, our coach right now is not that guy who's going to go rah-rah-rah in the clubhouse. So who is that? We have a couple of key players that are doing that. But in the past, Mr. Madden was a rah, rah, rah guy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when we had our other coaches, uh, they were maybe low-key, but they had the rah, rah, rah guys around them. My suggestion to the team is we have to get these people to know a little bit our history of the Raiders and our successes of the past. we got to show them what took place years and years ago and bring that whole type of attitude to the current team. And another thing, Q, my thoughts were we've got to get people to look at the best 
inspirational movies to watch in order to get them on the same page. There's many of them out there from Yes Man, The Bucket List, to many other, you know, Ali, Rocky, uh, you know, uh, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Thank you, Charlie, for the call. Appreciate you. Yes, some uh, really good movies right there, man. You didn't say, well, I can get to a whole movie list later. But uh, thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Ted Wynn from The Athletic joins us next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.